Hello there. Tonight, I again proudly accept that nomination for President of the United States. I have a bad feeling about this. But when the President does it, that means that it is not illegal. What? Welcome to the Joy of Star Wars. I'm Simon, and today I'm joined by the Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor Star Wars podcasting, Vaughn and Steele. Hi, guys. Aww. Hello there. <laughs> General I, Kenobi. I had to do both. <laughs> oh, God, it's going to be a long day. Um, right. Simon is very tired. Simon is very tired and very tired with these two in particular. Um, today, we're going Obi-Wan Kenobi specialing because it's Obi-Wan Kenobi day. Um, Yay! Yay! The uh, Disney Plus series is out, and there's nothing more than there's nothing that Vaughn loves more than celebrating Disney. So, in oh. order in in order to do that, we are celebrating uh, one of the the true heroes of the galaxy, and that's the character Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, you make it sound you make it sound so planned. I mean, I, I feel like. I feel like we were going to do something else for an episode, but then we were just like, oh, fuck it. Let's just talk about Obi-Wan. I want to talk about Obi-Wan. <laughs> Still, can you do your, your impression of, um, of whiny uh, Luke Skywalker, but him wanting to <laughs> talk about Obi-Wan? I want to go to the Tashi station to pick up some Obi-Wan trivia. <laughs> Uncle Owen. <laughs> Uncle Owen. <laughs> Uncle Owen. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't you responding to me, Uncle Owen? Literally, round um, at work the other day, I was walking around. I was walking around the shop floor, going up to people I work with, just going, "Uncle Owen, <laughs> Aunt Baru, <laughs> Biggs is right. I'm never getting out of here." Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, thank you, Steel. Um, right, let's kick off this celebration by talking about the character, and let's start by just asking very generally why is it we're celebrating and why do we like this character steal while you're on a roll do you want to go first obi-wan kenobi is the best that's that is all no um i think especially i think the reason that obi-wan is so so beloved is because he feel like especially in the prequels he's one of the few he's one of the few characters that gets actual reactions to things that aren't stagnant <laughs> and i think just because there's that bit of life in there i feel like people grab onto that more than most characters in the prequels he's definitely he's definitely the best character in the prequels um and he's obviously he's amazing in the original trilogy alec guinness is is wonderful but i think most of the most of the obi-wan love comes from ewan mcgregor i think and Vaughn, you're fairly indifferent towards you, McGregor. <laughs> yeah, I've never thought twice about the man. Um, no, I, I would agree with that, I think. But just to add something that that is so kind of beloved about Obi-Wan, um, for me at least, is that like Alec Guinness, this powerhouse of cinema it's just a famed fucking actor and he was one of the only kind of major people in star wars in 77 and he wasn't super sold on it he wasn't really into it but he did it anyway and launched this 
this character that we get to love in so many new iterations um, with Ewan McGregor in the prequels and now also in his own series and then also throughout all of Clone Wars. Um, we we get so many different kind of shades of, of Obi-Wan and also in Rebels and also in the comics. But like it was launched because Alec Guinness like was just like, I guess I'll do it. And now we get to just love this character so much. And I find that so wonderful and beautiful and serendipitous, I guess. So many shades of Kenobi, like 50 shades mm. of Kenobi. Don't get me started. Woof. Yeah, you, you can pre-order Steel's side podcast, 50 shades of Kenobi. Um, it's sure to be an interesting ride. Right. Um, Mr. Kenobi will see you now. An interesting ride. I really wish I could, we could get Gilbert Godfrey to narrate it, RIP. Oh, I really wish we'd got someone else to host this podcast. Um, <laughs> right, uh, let, let's start with We're the smarter than this. <laughs> <laughs> Obi, come back. Um, okay, so we're, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, do a sort of a deep dive on, on the great character himself. And uh, then at the end, we're going to uh, do a unrelated uh, quiz because we like quizzes on this show so um we have a, a list of categories to go over but i thought we'd start with the main one because we've kind of touched on it already but um best use in films and best use overall who wants to go first i think the best use of obi-wan is in rebels when he kills maul Spoilers, Simon. Sorry. I have no um, idea who these people are, so that's cool. <laughs> um, it's a really gorgeous scene. And at first I was like, was that fucking it? Because it's it's really like a matter of seconds. Um, the lightsaber duel between Darth Maul and Obi-Wan. Um, but it's just so gorgeous. And it really connects young, kind of impulsive Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and his wisdom throughout and how we get to this character that becomes the Alec Guinness Obi-Wan. I think it's just a gorgeous bridge uh, from the prequels and Clone Wars to A New Hope. And it's just emotional and powerful and homoerotic and romantic. <laughs> and it's, oh God, I love that scene so much. I think it really ties together a lot of Obi-Wan's character and his prestige and his wisdom. It's my favorite. I, uh, I particularly love how much that scene shows how much Obi-Wan has progressed and grown mm -hmm. since the last time they fought, which was in the Clone Wars, um, because it is it is so short, but it's so it's so precise. And there's a lovely little moment where Obi-Wan draws his lightsaber and he goes to that little pose where he holds the lightsaber above his head and sticks out his uh, sticks out his fingers. Phrasing. Um, and uh, then he moves to the more sort of Alec Guinness kind of samurai pose that he does in the original trilogy. And then finally settles for Qui-Gon's uh, Qui pose he does in uh, the duel in Phantom Menace. And it just shows 
the progression, all the different, uh, all the different things he's learned. And um, if you, uh, if you watch a video where they show like a breakdown of that fight, which of course I have, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's three, it's three strikes. And um, you see, he swings at him and uh, Obi-Wan blocks it. And then he tries to, he tries to uh, swing the the other blade at him and he changes forms and that shows mastery of the lightsaber. And then the last thing he tries to do is the same move he did on Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan sees it coming and just cleaves right through him. And uh, it's, it's a great way of showing that uh, Darth Maul hasn't evolved through since mm-hmm. Phantom Menace in the slightest. He's still the same, still the same person he was then, whereas Obi-Wan has lived and learned it's uh, wonderful. And also the little bit of dialogue they have before where uh, Obi-Wan says, uh, where Darth Maul judges the fact that he's living on Tatooine in the desert and Obi-Wan turns and he says, look, whatever isn't above. And it's, it's brilliant to show that he's, he's above, he's above uh, anything, anything the world can offer him because he has a purpose. It's brilliant. Okay, so tied into this is actually a question I asked Vaughn the other day, which was, when you think of the character Obi-Wan Kenobi, what, what comes to mind? You know, what, what do you picture? Do you picture the animated um, Obi-Wan Kenobi? Do you, do you think Alec Guinness? Do you think Ewan McGregor? You know, what, what sort of, what springs to mind when you just initially hear that name? I definitely think of Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor. And I guess it depends kind of who's asking and in what context. But I would say maybe Ewan McGregor more than Alec Guinness or the Clone Wars versions of him. I, uh, yeah, I think for me, for me, it's Ewan McGregor, mainly because of the memes. Fair enough. enough. (laughs) Just Ewan McGregor is uh, in the last, in the last sort of five years, just the shit posting has just made Ewan McGregor Jesus quite literally. And I just, I just love that. Just all of the Ewan McGregor quotes are just everywhere and mm-hmm. well-deserved. It's just wonderful. I love the internet sometimes. I, for myself, I, I guess, cause I have less relationship with um, the, the prequels that you guys do. So I, I still think of Alec Guinness initially and especially um, kind of him, you know, going to the, the cantina and, you know, the, the waving of the hand and, you know, you're, not the George you're looking for and all this kind of stuff so I, I very much have the very earliest depiction on on film of of Alec Guinness playing Obi-Wan Kenobi still in my head although seeing as I'm just about to watch the first two episodes either later tonight or or this weekend of the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series maybe that will start to change and I will start to get the the image of um Ewan McGregor in my mind more when I when I hear the character's name uh okay well we, we've kind of <laughs> We already kind of touched a bit upon it, but um, let, let's move on to best duel or fight or, or, or move um, because he is involved, especially more in the prequels, but even in the original film, he, he's involved in one. So what comes to mind when you, when you hear that question? Mm, well, I guess I have to pick a different one, don't I? <laughs> I mean, just to give it interest. I would say that. Simon, one. Uncle Owen. Uncle Owen. Ben. <laughs> ben. Let me let me think for a second. You go first. We need to stop doing Luke quotes. This is an Obi-Wan episode. Ben. Anakin. 
Um, still, for me, for me, it's I'm I'm someone that doesn't find many animated characters sexy. Um, because Except for... I was getting there. Okay. <laughs> um, come to your senses. Um, I could do that for Scooby Doo. Um, uh, there's Obi Wan in the Clone Wars is incredibly sexy. Um, yes, he is. They managed to they managed to portray everything that is everything that's great about Ewan McGregor in there, while also adding a bit more of a flair to it. I think James James Arnold Taylor. His, because uh, he's an American doing a, putting on a British accent, and it's a little bit, it's a little bit um, exaggerated. Mm-hmm. And I think for animation, it works perfectly. Is this your answer to best duel? I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> you have to go via sexy to get to the fight. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Do we not know steel? <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. The best, yeah, the the best, uh, the best duel for me. Is also an incredibly sexy moment. Just, just getting out there. That's oh. that's where the connection is. Oh, I know. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So, Darth Maul and his brother, um, Dave, mm-hmm. they draw lightsabers against Kenobi after just defeating the Jedi that came with him, and uh, he picked up uh, he picked up the other Jedi's lightsaber, and Darth Maul and Savage Press. Go, uh, we are two and you are no match for us both. And Obi-Wan ignites the lightsaber and then ignites the other lightsaber and says, you are mistaken. And it's the best thing. It's <laughs> incredible. And I think all of the, all of the wonderful, all of the wonderful live action fight scenes and all of the, all of the brilliant, um, all the brilliant scenes, like the, the subtle one with uh, the final duel between him and Darth Maul, they are they're all wonderful but just that one moment of him in full confidence saying you are mistaken it's just wonderful just the fact that obi-wan does have this confidence about him and all of the all every time he's cocky or every time he's sarcastic he does have what it takes to back that up he's not Mm -hmm. someone that's all talk he can actually he can actually act as well and so can ewan mcgregor he can act I I was I thought you were gonna go with when he was fighting with Ventress. Oh. When they were fighting alongside each other and there was so much fucking sexual tension. It was like the horniest episode of anything (laughs) on Cartoon Network I've ever seen. She slaps him in the face. Yeah, oh my god, it's so good. That's the one I'm going with. If all of these categories are gonna end up being the sexiest version of (laughs) whatever you ask, Simon. That's my answer. <laughs> uh, uh, we're, we're oh, Luke, the Clone Wars were lit. <laughs> I had I had crazy sexual tension with this bald chick with two lightsabers the whole time. <laughs> Wild times, dude. <laughs> and she was a good friend. <laughs> Do you think your 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 kind of how you perceive Obi Wan Kenobi is now different with sort of the sexiness of? Off Cartoon Network now and there, so like when you, when you watch the originals and you sort of see the the glint in his eyes when he looks back, thinks back to his old days. Do you think he's thinking back to sexier times? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Aren't we all? <laughs> right. Uh, let, let's move away from because uh, we're going to come back to sexiness later on if we've not used up all all, all the sexiness by that that point. Oh, we uh, will <laughs> not, Simon. There's a lot. It is plentiful. It is plentiful. <laughs> Right. Um, let's move on to most powerful moment. So 
what other than what other sexual innuendos you come up with with regards to most powerful moment um what actually comes to mind when when that that phrase is is sprung upon you with regards to Obi-Wan Simon stop making it so sexual (laughs) um just to let the listeners know uh, when we were brainstorming uh what uh, what categories we should talk about. The first thing on the list uh, was sexiest moment. And uh, Simon said, we'll save that for later, shall we? <laughs> uh, I was like, well, if we go there too early, that might like contaminate the rest of the episode, which is pure sexiness. It was actually maybe the completely wrong move because I think you two are just far too horny for Obi-Wan Kenobi to contain it. So um, yes. we, we've gone with it this far. So we're, we're going to Save the best to the last. So um, okay, I'll, try. <laughs> let, let, I'll try. Let's go with that strategy. Um, most powerful. So I think of like most emotionally powerful. Um, and you go first. <laughs> Excellent. Vaughn will take a moment. Yeah. Too much it's because I'm, I'm still thinking about the sexy part and then like <laughs> sexual power, but no, emotional power is a different thing and I need to think about that. Oh no, wait, I'll do it. Uh- <laughs> Vaughn is a trained historian. <laughs> I am indeed. I'm a professional. Um, it is a bit of a sexy moment, but it's also emotionally powerful. I, I think one for me, maybe not the most, but definitely one is when he tells Satine that he would have left the Jedi order for her. So good. It it breaks my heart every time. And it just is, it's such a gorgeous scene. They both think that they're going to lose each other forever. And she begs him to just tell her how he feels. And the, the most he can kind of betray the, his Jedi training is I would have left the Jedi for you. He doesn't say I love you, if I'm correct. Yeah, no, he doesn't say I love you. He doesn't give mm-hmm. any of his own emotions away apart from saying I would have left for you. And that is just more emotive than him saying I love you to me. I just, I think it's so, so gorgeous and powerful. Especially, especially for a Jedi, that's the uh, yeah. that's the biggest thing you can say, really. Something so so strong that it it you'd leave the order for it, the thing that you've dedicated your life to. So really, yeah, that, that really was. I was going to ruin it by saying it's a surprise that Vaughn's picking, where where a man can't say he loves you. But let, let's move on from that. Um, Fuck. <laughs> woof. <clears throat> I mean, you're not wrong, but woof. <laughs> What's your steal? Um, I was just recovering from witnessing that. Um, yeah, that was a fucking cold-blooded murder right there. <laughs> so uncivilized. Um, <laughs> so um, I was just I was just reminded actually of a lovely little scene later on in the Clone Wars where um, I believe it's after everything that happens with Satine. And uh, I mean, everything that happens, I'm being intentionally uh, dodging it because Simon hasn't watched it yet. Um, but he, when he talks to Anakin, when, An- when Obi-Wan's noticing, it's a very Anakin and Padme-centric episode. Mm. And, Pad- and uh, Obi-Wan says, uh, you know about Satine. 
you know, I've struggled with this. And he's just saying, dude, you can talk to me. Like, it's cool. Yeah, real big brother moment. There's also a lovely moment in later in, in Clone Wars. It was in the, the first episode that aired after the revival. And uh, I remember watching it and just losing it because it, it changed so much. Um, there's a moment where Anakin's talking to Padme on uh, like a hologram and uh, she's giving advice and it's a nice little moment. And then Captain Rex is at the door trying to, trying to distract Obi-Wan. And then he turns around and says, do tell Padme I said hello. And it's just wonderful. It's just like, he knows. He's known the whole time. And I just, I think that's wonderful. There's a deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith. Um, it, it's in the script and they didn't, they didn't, I don't know if they didn't film it or they cut it out where basically it's the scene where uh, Obi-Wan says, Anakin's the father, isn't he? Uh, but there's a whole, there's a whole extra bit of dialogue where he says, I'm no fool, Padme. Like, I, I know what's happening, but I've let it be because I love you both. And it's just, oh, it's so wonderful. And that's, there's almost something un-Jedi about that because you're not supposed to have attachments. And uh, Obi-Wan admitting, Obi-Wan admitting that he does care so much about, about those two. It's, it's almost un-Jedi. It's. Uh, no, it's extremely un-Jedi. Yeah, it's, so it's I wonderful. I was gonna ask. Sorry, to, um, sorry, Steele, because you you said that you didn't want to spoil it for me, and I, I think I kind of already have a idea what you're referring to. Just before I don't spoil anything for you, have you guys seen the film Moulin Rouge? Yes. Steele, have you? Uh, I've seen I've seen like you know the the long reviews of it where it's mm-hmm. got clips of the movie and things. So I've seen I've more or less seen it. Okay. Well, I I don't want to know what happens. Okay, so it, it, I know from what I understand, um, the Star Wars character Satine dies in um, in the Star Wars universe, and really the only reason I know this uh, is because <laughs> it was spoiled for me on the internet because Satine is the name of the character played by Nicole Kidman in Moulin Rouge. So you McGregor no. actually lost two Satines yeah. in his in his his, his uh, movie life or his oh that's uh, rough character that's life. Everyone's yeah. like, not again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right. I forget. Okay. There's that scene in Moulin Rouge where where Darth Maul just fucking stabs, <laughs> just stabs Nicole yeah. Kidman. Yeah, while they're singing Roxanne. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Jim out. Broadbent. I think Jim Broadbent played him in that, didn't he? That was that was a really good. <laughs> that was great. Should have been nominated. Oh, speaking of nominations. Um, Alec Guinness is the only, I believe still the only person in a Star Wars movie to be nominated for any kind of Oscar. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Obi-Wan. Huh. That's a good fact. Mm, good fact, fun fact. Go fact, fans. Right. Um, next category that I think we should move on to is Best Quote. Um, what what comes to mind when you, when you hear that? Hello there. <laughs> I love, I love so uncivilized. So uncivilized is such a good one. And uh, we're smarter than this. And yeah, excellent one. Not to worry, we're still flying half a ship. That's why I'm here. That one gets the <laughs> most. That one gets the most use in my daily life. <laughs> That's good news. Um, it's not technically a quote, but it's a visible confusion and visible happiness yes, yes. are fantastic, <laughs> are fantastic memes. And also whipping off the, the cloak. Woof. My body is ready. We <laughs> 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 did that today. <laughs> um, well, of course I know him. He's me. Oh, yes. I love that one, too. Um, 
Are uh, all of them? Oh, all, all <laughs> of every, every word. The answer is just yes. Every, every time an Obi Wan opens his mouth, it's gold, and I love it. High ground. Mm. Okay. Yes. Well, let's move away from Obi Wan's mouth and oh, move on cool. to other parts of his body and best hairstyle or outfit. Oh, I. This is this is an easy one for me because. The episode three hair is definitely the best because the other one, episode two was a mullet and episode one was had a rat tail. I was going to say the rat tail. I actually really enjoyed that. That, that was the oh, choice. Simon. What a choice. For some of it, um, for some of it, Ewan McGregor was wearing a wig uh, with the mm-hmm. with the rat tail. And when the first uh, episode one posters came out, he was wearing the wig and Ewan McGregor was so annoyed about it on the posters. He was like, it's a fucking wig. <laughs> I I quite like his look. It, obviously, episode three. Obviously, the rat tail. Um, I think, actually, the the Gendry Tartarovsky Clone Wars Ooh. is the most stylistic and appealing one. Gets that wind quite, flowing. Yeah, mm. it's it's good. He looks good in that. Um, and Alec Guinness, because we're not leaving Alec Guinness out of the sexiness here. Of course not. Let's just make that clear. Don't forget about me, gang. (laughs) (laughs) We like our our salt and pepper Obi-Wan as well. (laughs) There's also a a few moments in the Clone Wars where, uh, He's got his, because it's uh, animated using 3D models, so most of the hair and is pretty static throughout yeah. um, until season seven when they start giving it some bounce. But uh, careful, Vaughn. Um, <laughs> and then uh, there's the occasional moment in Clone Wars where he's in the middle of a fight and one single strand of hair. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Definitely that. Also, one single strand of hair falls down in the middle of the fight. Oh. It's wonderful. There's a moment where he catches Satine in his arms, and oh one one piece of hair falls down. Mm. It's good. It's so good. Simon, did you watch those Clone Wars episodes? I did. Yeah. So you saw Bald Kenobi. I did. It was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to see that again. <laughs> I was actually more scared of him when he was in that sort of crossover period where he was completely just his face and head were shaved and then they transformed him afterwards. I was actually better with the transformation than I was with. Oh yeah. Yeah. Completely Q ball. Um, <laughs> it was, um, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys want to, to break categories or if you want to come back to that later, I don't, I don't know how you, or if you want to discuss it at all. Want to come back to the Q ball. No, oh, the, uh, <laughs> the in general, the episodes, but I mean, we can talk more about the Q ball if you wish, if, Steel has any fancies about polishing his head or anything. Um, aha, aha, <laughs> right? Whatever Obi Wan wants, Obi Wan gets. Sure, I mean, we are dedicating a, a whole episode to him, so why not? True. Um, there are a couple more episodes, a uh, couple more categories which you guys have proposed, but they are probably going to take us into um, X rated um, activities, so <laughs> I- I'm going to leave them to- a little bit later. And maybe try and keep this a little bit closer to PG for now. Um, the, good, ne- luck. The, good luck with that. Uh, the next one I have down here is good Jedi, bad Jedi. So this is an example uh, of when 
Obi-Wan was a good Jedi, and when you think he wasn't uh, maybe uh, quite acting up to the, the highest of standards. Uh, anything come to mind? He was that peak Jedi of like, like, we have to follow all of the centrist Democrat kind of orders and we are serving the Republic. He was a peak Jedi in the arc about the pandemic outbreak when, um, I don't remember which season it is, three? Blue Shadow Virus. Yeah. That's season one. Is it season one? Yeah, yeah. It's got the weird, it's got the weird German Doctor Blue guy. Yeah, the Doctor Str- yeah. uh Doctor Strangelove. Um they, they did base character. it off. They did base it off that. Yes. Um yeah, the the blue shadow virus episodes when um I think it's Anakin. Anakin and Padme are both saying that like we have to track this down and, and keep it contained and everything and he's like not our fault it's not it's not <laughs> what we're here for and he's just like ready to pack it in and leave and he's like job done after they did like fuck all <laughs> um that's peak peak jedi i think and also another clone wars clone wars one sorry all of mine are from like clone wars and rebels but um <clears throat> when they are um captured as as slaves when they're enslaved by the uh slavers and he says like we're only here to free like 40 people we we can't go free in all of the enslaved people <laughs> and it's you can see anakin just being like you fucking what mate and it's, <laughs> it's really peak jedi i think um i i forgot about all of those moments um that's when when you say good Jedi there, it's obviously good good Jedi in yes. the way that the Jedi of the prequels were mm-hmm. good Jedi, as in yeah, like passive orders, yeah. bootlicker. Yeah, of. yeah. <laughs> I really like as well um, when in season seven of the Clone Wars when Ahsoka comes back, and uh, it's the first time Obi Wan's seen Ahsoka in a long time, and he's he's just so business, like he's just let's just get it over with. Uh, and he talks about it and uh, he's just like, we can't do that. We can't do that. No, we can't do that. We're busy. Like, yeah. it's brilliant, especially after what happens on Mandalore with Satine. He's just like, nah, nah. I mean, of course I care about her, but, you know, I'm a Jedi. Can't do that. Yeah, that's a great example. I think when he's a bad Jedi would be the moments where he actually embraces his emotions and ironically becomes even more powerful as a Jedi. So. Um, maybe he's the worst Jedi when he actually tells Anakin that he loves him and that he's like a brother to him. He's acting purely out of emotion in that, in that scene. And that's how he's able to cut Anakin down. So I think maybe ironically, that's, that's when he's the worst at kind of holding true to Jedi principles. I think um, there's a there's a, another moment in Clone Wars. There's so much good Obi Wan in Clone Wars. So much good Obi Wan in Clone Wars. He just gets the all star treatment. Yeah. Um, when Darth Maul yeah, comes back, oh, <laughs> when uh, when Darth Maul comes back for the first time, and um, he has the fight, he has the fight with him, and uh, Darth Maul's taunting him about killing his master, mm. and then he's uh, he's all, "Your rage has made you unbalanced," oh, my God. and. Uh, <laughs> 
It is not the Jedi way, is it? And it's just, oh, it's so good. And Darth Maul's taunting him and Obi-Wan's just given into his rage for the first time ever. Oh, so good. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of Obi-Wan content um, just from the episodes I've seen alone uh, from what you guys have pointed out to me. And uh, one of the, one of the really interesting things I've actually found about the uh, Clone War episodes that um, you guys have sent me is that I've been able to dive into characters that I simply have not had as much time with um, on screen as you guys have. So that has actually been enjoyable. One thing I did find in the episodes that we watched and it actually did actually remind me a little bit of the second best Star Wars film, which, <laughs> as we know, is Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. is there's a scene in uh, one of the episodes you sent me where he's, um, I think he's on Mandalore and he's, that they're trying to they're trying to kill Satine, uh, or they've just tried to blow her up, and then uh, one of the guys kind of runs away, and he, you McGregor uh, or Obi Wan Kenobi chases after her after him, and he kind of just leaves Satine kind of out in the open, and it reminded me a little bit of an Attack of the Clones when uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, I think there's an assassination attempt, and he sort of grabs hold of. Um, so like a flying machine or flying robot or, or something like that and he's like hanging on to it and there's like a, a chase and again it's just like he's kind of leaving the person who's might be in danger while he kind of runs off in a more um less seasoned approach to uh, protecting the people um he's supposed to be pre- protecting and he's more kind of headstrong in, in trying to go after it and and um, yeah, so when, when I when I was thinking up the the question for for good Jedi, bad Jedi, I I I think your your answers have been great, and I, I'm glad it went in a different way than I was thinking. But that's kind of what sprung to mind is that I don't know if it was kind of plot device more than anything else, or you know failure of character or failure to write the character. I, I don't know, but I found that an interesting choice. Um, that in both the live action and in the uh, Cartoon Network version, we kind of see him um, willing to to leave the person um, almost out in the open. And you could imagine if that, that was a you know Game of Thrones type show, maybe maybe something bad might have happened to the uh, the people in question there that they were supposed to be protected. Yeah, he just jumps straight through that window, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Those are great examples, Simon. You know, you know that's. That's one of the that's one of the uh, the examples that I I look at the writing and I say that it just seems like something that Anakin would do mm-hmm. as opposed to as opposed to Obi Wan. I think Anakin would be the one to jump through the window mm-hmm. and risk yeah because he's the risk his life Jedi right and then you'd have the more seasoned guy who would be trying to be less headstrong right yeah there's a couple there's a couple things. Um, when it comes to the writing where it's like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? I mean, it's the prequels, so there's a lot of that. But it's poetry, it rhymes. Sure, it rhymes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like, Obi-Wan does very little in The Phantom Menace until the end when there's the big fight. Yeah, He's just kind of there for most of it. And it's, it's a shame. I feel like they could have done... They could have done a lot more. Like I think swap the characters around, you know, have Qui-Gon be on the ship and have Obi-Wan mm-hmm. discover Anakin. Yeah, because I guess that would make more sense considering the relationship that is then going to take place over the, the forthcoming films. Um, but, but you know, can't argue with poetry. Um, it does rhyme. 
Yeah, Dan does rhyme. Uh, the next category I have down here is the ideal sidekick. Which So when I was coming up with this, I was thinking, which Star Wars character would you like to see go on an adventure with Obi-Wan Kenobi? So ra- rather than you know, Obi is you know, stuck in a lonesome mission or, or he's amongst a group, if you were sort of pairing him up for a buddy comedy or a buddy adventure, who would you want to ex- explore the, the galaxy with our, our old Obi-Wan or young Obi-Wan? In a in a in a fun way, not a sexy way. <laughs> oh dear. I mean, interpret the question however you want, Vaughn. Okay, um, because Ventress no. for the sex, but <laughs> if we're keeping it PG, then Hondo. I love all of the interactions between Obi Wan and Hondo. They are great. Yeah. They're great. I really, really enjoy them. Hondo is one of my favorite characters in Clone Wars. I just think he's fun. Um, but I think Obi-Wan's ultimate sidekick or or companion for a buddy cop situation is Anakin. I think they they have such a wonderful rapport and such great chemistry. And before anybody says about the prequels, I get it. I get it. But I'm speaking more holistically with Clone Wars as well. Um, Clone Wars really does a lot to build their relationship and show those little moments of snark between them that just kind of pop up um, at random moments that don't really feel that natural in Attack of the Clones, the second best Star Wars movie, and, <laughs> um, and in Revenge of the Sith. And I like it, it really melds their relationship so much further um, so that now to the point that when I watch the prequels now, I also think of their relationship from Clone Wars and Mm -hmm. it feels more natural and um, normal for Anakin to be like, well, hold on, this this whole operation was your idea. Like, you know what I mean? It, Mm -hmm. I love their their relationship. But Ventress for sex, Hondo for fun. Vaughn's actually writing a, uh, a, a Ventress Obi-Wan fan fiction. Funnily enough, Steel was actually going to swap those two around. Um, so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> give, me a, give me a Hondo, give me a Hondo Obi-Wan sex scene. An, Obi, an Obi-Wando scene, you might say. Oh. Oh, dear. Um, oh, dear. Steel, what, what is your actual answer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired too, Simon. Um <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my brain was like, say Jar Jar, but that already yeah. happened with Mace Windu and it's amazing and yeah. dumb. It's wonderful. Um, it's terrible. It's so actually, I, I my, my comedy answer was going to be, it was Mace Windu and their, their buddy adventure would just be them walking down an empty corridor. <laughs> a green, a green yeah. corridor. <laughs> exactly. A very harshly lit green corridor. Yes. Um, and then eventually sorry, sorry, go, George, what's happening here? And he's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. We'll put it in later. <laughs> Don't think about guns. it. <laughs> it's just poetry. It's good. It'll be fine. I'll, I'll digitally put uh, an alien's arse to walk in front of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll digitally put Ventress's arse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he's Irish. <laughs> I was going to say, why did you I'll digitally put Ventress's arse. <laughs> be feckin' great. <laughs> oh, wow. So this sexy adventure is now taking place in Ireland. Wow. Absolutely, hmm. and they, 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 in more ways than one, come across a young Vaughn. Wow, that's um... <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> bloody. 
Okay, what's your actual answer? Oh, <laughs> I haven't actually given an answer. Um, we got honestly, played up with sexiness, yes. Honestly, mm-hmm. just just give me more Obi Wan and Anakin things. Mm-hmm. Just just mm-hmm. Clone Wars. It happens surprisingly not enough. Just the two of them together, um, and every time it does, it's pure gold. Um, one of my favorites is uh, when when Dooku and Anakin and Obi Wan are uh, in in a prison cell together mm. and Dooku's trying to use the force to break out and Anakin's uh and Anakin's giving him sass and Dooku's like do control your protege's insolence so I can concentrate and everyone's like Anakin control your insolence <laughs> <laughs> it's so good just the just the the back and forth between them is wonderful so good. Uh, another great example is when uh Obi-Wan and Satina having a little uh, <laughs> heated discussion in front of everyone. And Anakin's just sipping a martini, just loving every minute of it. It's fantastic. Just give me more of that, please. Yeah. Vaughn, how much would you pay for you and McGregor to speak to you harshly? Oh my God. How much do I have to spend? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would bet all of my student debt twice over. <laughs> Um, I, I would do that. That's what I would, uh, I want that to happen. You want that but to happen. then I also want him to like, like, I want him to speak harshly to me, but then, then afterwards I want him to, to speak sweetly. You know what I mean? Just speak classic prequel deadpan. Oh yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> Give it to me. It ought to be here, but it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> what i want um i'm so glad we don't have to worry about rating certificates and stuff for podcasts um (laughs) the the next um the next one i had down here was obi-wan's party trick so what trick do you think he'd bust out if you're trying to impress the younglings careful vaughn (laughs) oh you said younglings (laughs) (laughs) oh no okay um uh. i mean you can you can rephrase (laughs) the question if it makes it easier for you you know, not not the younglings for you know anyone else who might be coming to a party. Maybe it's a different type of party. Uh, you know, <laughs> whatever it is that you, however you feel comfortable answering the question. Coruscant has some dark corridors. Yeah, it does. Um, oh, <laughs> Obi Wan's party tricks. Uh, I I like the idea of uh, he's at a party and then uh, he he finds the most annoying person at the party and then mind tricks them to embarrass themselves in some way. Mm-hmm. It'd be it'd be fantastic. And he's just watching, being all sassy, stroking his beard while this person makes a fool of themselves. Probably Anakin. You wouldn't need to mind trick. I was him gonna say it would just be Anakin again. Um... Have you met my apprentice? It's fine. Just watch him for a bit. Something <laughs> something good will happen. <laughs> Uh, if you need more time to think, my, my answer to this was he'd get like in a play fight with one of the younglings and then he'd do uh, like he'd disappear and just his cloak could remain and everyone would think he like died or something and he'd just be in the kitchen getting more like drink or something like that. And everyone, would, you know, maybe, you know, everyone's kind of freaking out and he's just, you know, aha. Um, yeah, I th- as far as party tricks are concerned, I think the uh, I, I, I still love the, the kind of original visual effect that they have from the first film where um, they sort of strike him down and he does indeed disappear, which is, you know, maybe it was limited design at the time, but it, it's kind of just stuck around, I think. 
they were um, originally going to um they were originally gonna have Vader slice him and it cut straight through the um straight through the cloak and mm-hmm. he would have disappeared still. But basically half of the cloak fell down and then the other half stayed for a moment. Right. And uh, like literally just cut straight through it and they changed that so the whole thing fell down and it looks it looks way better. Funnily enough, when they did the um I don't know if you've seen there's a uh, there's like a fan made uh, version of that that fight scene that's super over the top and very prequely and I like it um, and I wouldn't want it replacing the actual scene because the actual scene is mm-hmm. perfect but uh, it is very cool and they do the same thing where he gets where they cleave through the, the cloak <laughs> and the cloak just gets like ripped in half it's, uh, it's wonderful still you should know I've not seen any Star Wars at all yeah that's true <laughs> that's, that's true yeah, so uh, we're talking about this character called Obi-Wan Kenobi he's kind of like the the old, the old wise uh, mentor character. Oh, that's the the racist Jamaican guy, right? The guy. Yeah. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, yep. that's the one. Cool. Obi Wan. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, Vaughn, do you have an answer yet, or are you still thinking about um, your McGregor speaking harshly? Uh, I am. I am indeed. But I, I have a powerful mind, Simon. So I really love that that kind of image of. Um, like Obi-Wan entertaining kids. Like, I think that's really sweet. Like mm-hmm. thinking about Obi-Wan with um, like a young Luke and Leia as we like, we saw him with, or well, at least like peeping through binoculars at Luke in the trailer for Obi-Wan, um, which is an uncomfortable thing. But to think of him like entertaining kids or like using the force to like mm-hmm. make their like toy spaceships fly or something and them kind of getting excited about it. I really love that idea. That's so sweet. Yeah. Like Dad Obi-Wan. His party trick. His party trick would be going, hey, kids, kids, come over here. Let me tell you about this guy that I cut in half. (laughs) 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 I just cut him straight in half and he fell. He fell down into a pit. And then he got weird spider legs. It was great. (laughs) Kids, I've killed a lot of people. (laughs) Always take the higher ground if you can. Always, Um, always take the higher ground and then tell them not to try it. The, the next one I have down might be an insult to uh, Vaughn and maybe to Steele as well, but it was if you were recasting Obi-Wan and you've got all the possible actors that have been out there in, in the world, which actor or actors would you like to have seen play a version of Obi-Wan Kenobi? I think that would be illegal. Mm. <laughs> illegal. And immoral. I would, not, I would not do it. I will make it legal. <laughs> I will not because I I can't maybe it's just because I mean we've spent decades upon decades with Alec Guinness Obi-Wan and Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan and Clone Wars Obi-Wan like I always forget his name his name James Arnold Taylor thank you James Arnold Taylor yeah <laughs> Um, I just I can't think of another person for Obi-Wan at all. Can you? I was, I was thinking maybe James Stewart. Maybe really mix things up. I'm hey. sorry, Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. Can we go backwards? Yeah, combine your uh, any Holy any actor throughout throughout history. I was like, Water. let's combine your interests. Oh, if we're going backwards. Yeah, like literally any actor out there. Oh my know. god, if we're going backwards, hold on. Yeah, Jimmy Stewart would be an excellent Obi-Wan. It's like, Great choice, Simon. And um, 
Cary Grant would be an incredible mm-hmm. Han Solo. Yeah. He'd be a perfect Han Solo. I was thinking, you know, we originally saw this character in the 70s and, you know, we're, you know, however many decades on now and let's, let's hypothetically cast this, you know, who, who, who could we get throughout history of, of film or television to, to come in and bring an interesting interpretation? Mm. Yeah, I didn't know we could go backwards. Okay, yeah. yeah we no, can do whatever really we job. want, Ron. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Okay, yeah, Jimmy Stewart, I could definitely see as Obi-Wan. I think that would be a great fantasy caster. Cary Grant as Han Solo. Maybe um, maybe even Debbie Reynolds as Leia, Carrie Fisher's mom. Mm. I think mm. Debbie Reynolds could pull off Leia. See, I was thinking of Gregory Peck for Obi-Wan. Uh, sorry, for uh, Han Solo. Um, Han Solo. But, um, yeah, that's a lot of different options to choose from. Yeah, Eli, I like any th- that idea. Any, any thoughts, Steele, on a hypothetical Star Wars casting? Um, there's, only a f- there's only a couple of people that I think would, would pull it off apart from Ewan McGregor. Um, I, think, I think David Tennant would mm, interesting i think just especially especially um going into if the jedi if if the the if the jedi weren't about being so reserved i think especially if because david tennant's got such that he conveys he conveys pain in such an incredible way um mm. and just especially like we've literally just watched the first two episodes of kenobi and just those little those little moments I think um, I'm thinking more about characters to compare it to. I think his version of the Doctor has that sort of has that sort of experience, like the he's lived through so much, and he's it. I could see that for Obi Wan. The other one is for a, for a young Obi Wan. Uh, I think James McAvoy would do a good job as well mm-hmm. because um, his Charles Xavier is is an f- incredible performance, uh, especially in the first two first class and days of future past i think he he could he could convey that same wisdom while also having that kind of air of youth that would have been really cool and if in the phantom menace he had more uh, more to do mm. um but there's there's a few moments i think the moments in those movies where he's teaching his students um uh getting through to magneto the his pain it's just oh i could see that for obi-wan and as um as an older Obi Wan now maybe mm-hmm. I think maybe Patrick Stewart same again Charles Xavier um just that that sort of wisdom yeah I think it would be portrayed really well but I wouldn't change I wouldn't change anything uh, of course not no I don't think any of them are like raggedy enough like I think Obi Wan has to be a little ragged you know what I mean. Like they all, they all, in my mind, they're all like very clean cut or, well, two of them I don't picture with hair. So <laughs> I think. Well, they could play the bald Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, oh, yes, poetry. Poetry. There you go. <laughs> it all comes back around. Mm. I was also thinking if we're doing sort of fancy casting, I, I think I'd quite enjoy like a, a Christian Bale version of Anakin as well. I could definitely see him taking on a, an interesting interpretation of that. Yeah, uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale would be interesting as long as he did it right, because I think a lot of, I think a big issue with a lot of method actors I find is they can either, 
they can either get the right idea perfectly mm-hmm. or they can get completely the wrong idea. And Christian Bale is a very, very dedicated actor. But with especially with the pre the making of the prequels, I think him pl- bouncing off that wouldn't have worked. I think because yes, he's I, very yeah I agreed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think it, it, him. Well, I mean, you only have to look at when he had the the clash on the, the Terminator film with the the lights. Mm. Um, mm. that maybe if productions aren't going well, he's not going to deal with it well. Um, so I think yeah, maybe if he was if you were having this hypoth- hypothetical uh, casting, maybe if you were giving him more room to maneuver and maybe if he was taking on like a, a Kenobi type of series, um, maybe that would be more um, sort of closer to, to what, uh, what would be kind of desired from his point of view, as far as uh, production is concerned. Yeah. Um, I always think of that's, that's my example of, that's my example of Christian Bale um, putting on not such a good performance is when he plays John Connor in that Terminator mm-hmm. film. It's just very sort of basic. There's not a lot of depth in it compared mm-hmm. to compared to a lot of his other roles i'd love to see him as, as a character like an inquisitor or mm. uh, or a fallen oh, yeah. jedi a fallen jedi on the run like that would queen. be yeah. exactly oh he would be an excellent oh Quinlan he boss. would be an excellent Quinlan boss um to shift that a bit one that popped in my mind for obi-wan um as you were saying david tennant is related but michael sheen i think could do a pretty good obi-wan mm. i think that would be interesting and then um in a memorial picking, I guess, um, I, I think a really like a young Ray Liotta would have been an amazing Anakin. Mm. Like, interesting. Goodfellas era Anakin, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, I think that would be a really great choice and RIP to Ray Liotta. Absolutely. If we want to go the other way and make Obi-Wan Kenobi really intense and scary, we could get Michael Shannon to play him. Yes. <laughs> absolutely scare the shit out of people. <laughs> um, oh, Shannon. Yeah, what, what a great actor. Right. Okay. Um the the last one I have down here then uh, well actually we I suppose we've we've got uh two left, I think now. Um the, the next one I've got down here is the sassiest moments. Um I don't even know where to begin, so I'll just hand that over to you guys, and you can go where you where you wish with it. Uh, for me, it's uh, so uncivilized when he he shoots he shoots General Grievous and then just throws down the gun. Brilliant moment. Um, the deleted the uh, original the original version of that scene. There's a um, there's an animated uh, there's an animated version. It's an unfinished CGI render of what they were going to do. And uh, Obi Wan, Obi Wan and Grievous are having the fight, and then Obi Wan, by with his bare hands, rips out General Grievous's heart, mm. and then force pulls the gun over, and then shoots his heart when it's on the floor. <laughs> it's incredible. It's also terrible. <laughs> <laughs> any any sassy moments for yourself, Bon, with uh, with Obi Wan? Um, all of them, and I'm. I'm really, I'm struggling to come up with a precise one. Un- so Uncivilized is an excellent moment. Um, well, but the, I was beginning to wonder if you got the message, good job. I love yes. good job. Yeah. The, yeah. And um, 
when when they're in the arena and Anakin comes and says, we came to rescue you. And he's like, some rescue. I like that one. That one's great. The, uh, well, um, you were right about one thing, Master. The negotiations uh, were short. The um one of the few one of the few moments of character in the Phantom Menace um that and uh, the moment where he's walking with with Qui Gon and he's talking about Anakin while Anakin's right there. He's right there. He says, "Why do I feel like we've picked up another pathetic life form?" <laughs> Uh, we've also I also got down here. Um, besides, your sensors aren't that attuned, my young apprentice, and yours are possibly, possibly. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, uh, the yes. death sticks scene. Yeah. You, you you want to go home and rethink your life? That's that's <laughs> savage. Genius. Absolutely savage. That might be the best scene in the prequels. It's mm. so good. It's just such a brilliant <laughs> little moment. Uh, yes, uh, I'm actually reading, reading a, a Ranker article, which is the 21 sassiest moments of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, excellent. So just, I mean, king of sass. Truly. Um, truly. Okay, this is the moment we've all been dreading and or thrusting towards, and that <laughs> is um, sexist Obi-Wan moments. Uh, um, we've just been we've just been grinding towards this. Pumping <laughs> <laughs> of the microphones has led us to here. Vaughn? I mean, Vaughn, do you want to go first or? Every interaction he has with Darth Maul. (laughs) (laughs) Every single one of them. And that sex appeal of Obi-Wan is amplified by the sex appeal of Darth Maul. I will concede that. They're just, they generate sex appeal. And it's, oh, it's so good. Kenobi. (laughs) God. It's so good. It's oh, every beat of it. I I 100% stand by everything I have said thus far about his sex appeal and the tension with Ventress. 100%. But it's Maul. It's every interaction with Maul. And when he holds him at the very end and they just have this gorgeous little, little romantic moment before Maul dies. Oh my God. It's everything with Maul. This reminds me of when we watched the uh, the Les Mis miniseries and you were saying about how Javert was in love with Valjean. Oh, yeah, 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 100%. He was obsessed with the man. It's the same story. It's it like, is. It's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> my my favourite moment is, um, it's from, I don't know if it's from the bloopers or just the behind the scenes moments, but it's just when Ewan McGregor's lying on one of the sets mm-hmm. with his uh, lightsaber in a, in a uh, I see your Schwartz is as big as mine kind of way. <laughs> and he just looks at the camera and it's just fantastic. I use that gif a lot too. Yeah. So that, um, that kind of brings us to the categories that we have, we have written down here. Um, we're about an hour in now. Do we feel we've we've done justice to the great character, the great man? Is there anything else we'd like to proclaim about Obi-Wan Kenobi or, you know, anything else we'd like to get out there before we finish up on them? That's a big question. It's also a very dangerous question. Yeah. Um, I'll stop, I think, because 
I've already moaned a couple times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is a professional history podcast. Yeah, everybody. It is. I'm the professional historian on. <laughs> and Simon is very tired. <laughs> Simon, how did you enjoy the episodes? Did you want to talk more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I think still you you obviously have an encyclopedic knowledge of of this of the show and of these characters so you can speak to it better than I can but uh, the the two the, the double episode that we had on um Satine on Mandalore is that correct um yep. I thought that was that was like a, a fun um double header and it was nice to see the interactions between him and Satine and uh, I think that was the episode you were referring to where uh, was that was it that was it those episodes where um, Satine said I love you to Obi Wan? Yes, the uh, the Mandalore plot and uh, Voyage yep. of Temptation. Yeah, um, yeah, they are two of my they're two of my favorite episodes of the show. I remember when I when I first watched the Mandalore plot, and when Pre Vizsla, the the leader of the Mandalorian Death Watch, pulls out the dark saber. Oh my goodness, that was. Like that blew my mind as a kid because I was just like, "There's dark, there's dark lightsabers. There's a yes. Mandalorian wielding one." And now that Dave Filoni has control over everything, it's just in as much media as it could possibly be, and it's wonderful. Um, uh, I love. You'd, you'd think you'd think when you're pitching the story of Obi Wan and his old flame, you're like you'd imagine it to not work. And yep. I remember when I first watched it, I was like, is this, are they really doing this? Like, that's crazy. Um, but it works. They pull it off really well. And it, it really fleshes out Obi-Wan, the idea that he's had his own, he's had his own uh, temptations. It's uh, brilliant. Anyway, what did you think of the episodes? Yeah, I, I enjoyed the, the bill. Um, I did, like I say, I, I found the, I don't know, there was a little bit of kind of a constraint uh, of the character just with with regards of having such a short amount of, of time to kind of tell their story you know so for instance like when he was kind of charging off after the person um, after the potential killer and left Satine there and just little things like that where I was going okay they'd probably maybe if they had more time sort of tie that up a bit neater or they uh, well I suppose that was one of the questions I had was is that just sort of an element of, of having a, a short show or short episode that you've kind of got to move the plot forward with and those kind of character things are you know there's potential holes there or is that sort of tying back to how he was or how we see him in episode two where he you know he kind of goes running off and potentially leaves um uh Padme, i think it is in, in that in that film mm-hmm. um potentially open to risk so I wasn't quite sure if I was overthinking it or if I was not given enough credit. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that stuff. I've I've never thought about this before. Um, I've I've always taken those bits in the prequels to be a misstep in the writing, mm-hmm. and I've never thought about that particular moment in Clone Wars before. But Obi Wan is quite bold, mm-hmm. and I think bold is the right word for it. Um, it's not usually to the point of recklessness, aside from when he jumps out the window, but. Um, but I, I really, I do like that about him. There's also a lot of, uh, in the episode, in Voyage of Temptation, when they talk, when they discuss their different views mm-hmm. on war, it yes. shows how much of a warrior Obi-Wan actually is. And uh, yeah, I think... 
Also, I was going to say, I did find that interesting, the fact that they, you know, they're kind of walking and talking about, you know, theories of, of war and, and sort of the, their their views on these very big topics. And I think, you know, like 10 seconds later, it's an explosion kind of thing. So, you know, it's not like the story doesn't get moved along. And it, it's not like younger viewers would get bored with this. But even in that little moment there, it, it's I, I thought it was quite telling that they're, there are obviously larger themes that the, the makers of the show want to tackle. And that's obviously clear from the other episodes you guys have, have shown me as well, which have underlying larger themes as well to them. But again, I, that kind of came across to me as this wasn't just a, you know, them making small talk and then, you know, 10 seconds later, there's an explosion to move the plot along. Even if they do have to have the 10 seconds later, there's an uh, explosion to move the plot along. Before that, they are, you know, they are going to have conversations about this and they're going to allow their characters to try and reveal about, you know, um, how they see the world and their, their viewpoint on on larger things. So, um, yeah, I, I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that's one of the that's one of the uh, aspects of the Clone Wars that leaves me wanting more. And uh, on when I was a kid, because I, I watched this coming out when I was when it was airing. So I, I remember those moments being interrupted by an explosion, me, me being like, oh, good. Yeah, action. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I'm now that I'm older, I'm appreciating the episodes that are more about the political side of things a lot more. Yeah. Um, we when we talked about corruption, I uh, I hadn't watched that episode for years, and I remember it being just the episode that's about tea, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and then I realized how important that was to the story, the the idea of corruption. Especially with Mandalore, because it adds to um, it adds to the the build up of uh, the massive Mandalorian revolt that happens later in the season, and um, yeah, I think the uh, the little moments of brilliance in between in between the action. I want more of that. I want more of Obi Wan and Satine mm-hmm. talking, um, more of them discussing their ways. I love the little moments where Satine is carrying a a small a small deactivator gun. And uh, then there's the moment where she she pulls a gun on the uh, on the antagonist at the end of the episode, and it's just little moments of little moments of going against going against her morals. And uh, but it does also show that it does take strength to be a pacifist. And I really like that aspect of it as well. And it's it's difficult, especially for someone in power. And I think that that works really well. So the other episodes um, you had me watch were season four. And then you actually said 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19, although I think the actual arc of that story is 15 to 18, because I then watched 19, which was to do with, uh, which I think is called Massacre, and was to do with the Night Sisters, and I don't, I think it was its own story. Um, yeah, so, that, that, so, that was on me. Sorry about that. No, that's, that's okay. I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was really fun, and but I was like halfway through going, are we mm. sure this one's to do with Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think I might have been might have been wrong about that one. Jumped you into a but... different story arc about two seasons too soon. We'll get you on the Ventress arc when we do a deep dive into Ventress. Ah. Oh careful, Vaughn. Another another moan from, from Vaughn there. Uh th- that run of episodes I thought was really good. Um I, I really enjoyed those four episodes and I, I liked I liked having the chance to spend that much time with a character and it, it almost felt like a, like a mini series in, in itself um, rather than, you know, because even like a, a double episode, there's so much plot going on 
Um, but with with the four episodes, just being able to, to spend time with them, and I, it, it's sort of a an odd one in the sense that the Obi Wan Kenobi we see for the most part is basically physically transformed into um, into someone else um, when he's undercover. Um, I did have to say when I watched the first episode of that run and you see him step out basically in front of the sniper rifle and then get shot and it's not immediately clear at that moment exactly what he's doing i did think like how reckless do they make obi-wan kenobi like in in the in the in the prequels and in in this show because like one last episodes i just watched he just ran off and left satine there this one he just walked in front of sniper rifle and got shot and then basically died uh, but then it, it all got revealed that it was yoda being a sneaky little boy and um, <laughs> they were sending him undercover and i was like wow undercover prison obi-wan kenobi this is hardcore this is this is i wasn't i wasn't expecting this to be the storyline i thought wow um this could go really dark if he gets trapped in the prison for the next 60 years but no thankfully <laughs> they they managed to uh make him escape um but i mean it, it all got very departed there where he was like in prison and no one else knew who he was and all this kind of stuff but it also reminded me a bit of um uh face off where they have a similar thing where um they have a character dressed physically transformed into another character and then in prison and no one else knows that he's the transform like he's the, the good guy as it were and He's basically having to live out this uh, life in prison as as the bad guy, um, which I thought was quite amusing as well. But um, I especially love the the cube episode where um, all the all the um, bounty hunters or or uh, um, quote um, bad people are sort of having to uh, survive this um, death trap or series of death traps. I thought that was a really fun episode, and um, I, again. You you saw the, the goodness Nobi one as he was helping everyone else try and succeed, even as uh, maybe those around him weren't always sharing those same feelings towards him. Something I really love from those episodes is how dark Anakin gets when he mm-hmm. thinks that Obi Wan yeah. is dead. I think they do they handle that really really well in those episodes, and he is just distraught and ready to kill anyone who's in his way as he tries to find out what happened to Obi-Wan. Um, and not just the men, but the women and the children, the children too. too. Um, I think that's um, a really, really wonderful part of those episodes where you you get these little glimpses and all of Clone Wars that you get these little glimpses of Anakin's dark side kind of growing within him that would be kind of extinguished if somebody would just talk to the man about his emotions and like take him to therapy but they don't do that at any point and um those those episodes do probably the best job in all of clone wars for me of showing Mm -hmm. how quickly anakin can actually snap i also really like um unless i'm mistaken here that is at the end of the the fourth episode end of that run there where um, Anakin is confronting um, Obi-Wan Kenobi about kind of what he'd gone through and I think Anakin is upset with him that he sort of made it or 
Anakin wasn't aware that, you know, he, he died and, you know, he had to kind of go through all this and he was kind of upset with him that he put it through. He put him through it. And he was, I think he also says something like, um, are, you know, are, are you sure you're kind of uh, on the right side here? Or are you sure you're not getting played or, or kind of words to that effect? And, mm-hmm. I, you know, we, we kind of know what happens with Anakin. So we are obviously taking that into account. But I, I did find it interesting that you had the, the young apprentice uh, question uh, making Obi-Wan question maybe where are the loyalties of, of some of these people were um, which I, I thought again was a really interesting take on the characters it uh, it ends with uh, Anakin saying um, saying about his doubts about the council doesn't it and him mm-hmm. saying what else yeah. has the council lied to me about exactly yeah. yes exactly um, that's one of the things I love about Clone Wars is that it doesn't just like as soon as it's revealed that Obi-Wan's alive everybody like it's not oh good you know it there's mm-hmm. no it doesn't just go back to normal like absolutely yeah. the show the show has the job of showing anakin's anakin's turn to the dark side and him mm-hmm. his doubts with the jedi cuz he's very he's very uh is he has a lot of doubts about the jedi in revenge of the sith and we need to get to that point and i love that i love that the clone wars gives a lot of those there's a lot of those moments, um, especially that's, is that season four? Yes. Yeah. In the later seasons, especially they really, they really turn up the, uh, they really turn up the, uh, the doubts about the Jedi mm. and the hypocrisy. It works really well. I think as a, when you watch the Clone Wars altogether, you have the first two seasons, which are all about the Jedi fighting and being heroic and then the later seasons, they turn it on its head completely. And it's it's just wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. storytelling. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've, this these run of episodes especially, I really did take a lot from them. And I, I kind of got the impression that I can see why you guys are more into the prequels because of the time you've spent in the Clone Wars animated series. And I think that will allow you to kind of see more of these characters. And I don't have prior to maybe watching the episodes that you've shown me of the uh, Clone Wars, I simply don't have that much of a relationship with Anakin. And I, I've never really felt all that connected to the character, uh, whereas I'm sort of starting to feel more connected to the character. And his transformation is seeming more plausible to me when I watch episodes like that compared to what I saw in the prequels. So uh, I praise indeed. Um, yeah, I... Um... I uh, agree. I think I had the same. I think I had the same thing where I loved. I loved Anakin as a kid, uh, as a really little kid. And then there's that moment where you watch the prequels and you realize they're not as good as you thought they were. And I, I remember having a lot of issues with Anakin's turn to the dark side and how quick it is in the mm-hmm. films. Um, and I think that's the great thing about the Clone Wars is that it does. It takes a lot of time to flesh that out. And uh, it's it's great. I always see it as I always see it as these people understand the flaws of the prequels, but they also understand the intention behind them. And yep. they they show what's what wasn't working, they make it work, and what was working, they make it better. One hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, shall we move on to the quiz? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so this is one of my, maybe my favorite moment of each episode because uh, I know something you guys don't and then I reveal it and you guys get very happy because 
you go Daniel you <laughs> smart little guy you we love you Daniel and we do love Daniel um so the name of today's episode is the joy of Star Wars name the species oh no oh quiz, Daniel this, okay this quiz focuses on the creatures and aliens that populate Star Wars galaxy the answer to each question is the name of one or more species all right hit me okay so first one osaka tano and uh, shakti again apologies for my pronunciation of all these names because they will be dreadful uh, are prominent examples of which species togruta correct see von we worry over nothing <laughs> uh members of what species died to secure intelligence on the second death star for the rebel alliance were there many of them <laughs> um so this one in particular um there's many actually a note died and, to bring the information a note, a note of them i've got a note here um but um i i don't have any more information to, to provide you but um i can repeat the question which is members of what species died to secure intelligence on the second death star for the rebel it's boffins it is Bothan, yeah. So the note so, here is, in canon, it is not confirmed that this is a species and not an organization. Uh, that is, this is based on the legends material that is yet to be contradicted. So, so Bothans are, um, they're weird goat people. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got hooves. It's great. Uh, in the Star Wars Battlefront Two video game from two thousand five, they were like an unlockable character you could play as. And basically they had like an invisibility and they had like a really close range incinerator that was quite useful, but they weren't very good to play as, but the little shits when you're playing as the empire would sneak up on you constantly. (laughs) Little shits. I'm glad they died to bring the information. (laughs) Um, Also a a little, a little fun fact that I, uh, I found out was um, uh, boffins when they, when they are lying, there's a bit, mm-hmm. I can't remember if this is, this is in Legends, but I can't remember how accurate it is, but I read it somewhere that when Bothans are lying, their fur moves in a different way. Wow. <laughs> so they are the worst spies in the galaxy. <laughs> Fantastic. It's great. God bless them. Right. Let's see. Um... Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one, uh, Vom, will, if you don't know this one, that, that's fine, but let, let's see if you can get this one. First dibs on, on these questions and then. Uh, still, you can always clean up with your crazy knowledge of goat people. Um, what, spe- <laughs> <laughs> what species is often said to be natural enemies of Wookiees and are known to hunt them, collecting their pelts? Um, the uh, um, Trandoshans. 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 Trandoshan, yes. <laughs> right, Steel, I'm sure you've got a 30 minute biography on every Trandoshan. Um, My boy Bosk. Bosk! Yes. Little hissy that's the, boy. Uh, <laughs> that's the bounty hunter, right? Is it? The lizardy yeah. boy. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact about Bosk. <laughs> his fun fact about Bosk. Um, um, his uh, his uh, spacesuit was originally was, was reused. Uh, it was in an old Doctor Who episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that on the last episode. Did I do that? Yeah. Well, shit. Um, 
<laughs> my favorite hissy boy. He also um, he also has he's also has a, a Lego minifigure, which is one of my absolute favorites because they put his little feet on. <laughs> his little feet on the legs. It's so cute. I mean, ferocious. It's so ferocious. So ferocious. Yeah. Yes, we're all scared. Um, number four. On the water world of Moncala, there are two uh, sentient native species. The first... Oh, yes, there. The first is the Mon Calamari. What is the second? <laughs> the Quarren. But... Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is an, it says calamari this is an inside joke between me and Vaughn so we're just losing it right now oh do you do um, <laughs> oh it's so good oh fuck but they're the quarren squiddy boys squiddy boys uh, I love uh, the quarren in the the Gendry Tartarovsky Clone Wars. <gasps> yes. They have the little underwater bit with Abs Kit Fisto. Mm. Oh dear. Um, we love Kit Fisto. We do. Voiced by Phil Lamar. Uh. Careful. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Well. And <laughs> Simon is so tied. I love, he's got, they've got a little crab, they've got a little crab ship that has a big laser in the middle. Mm. And when I was a kid, there was a, an internet browser game on cartoonnetwork.com where you could play as Kit Fisto and fire force bubbles at uh, the, the little crab ship. It was great. And you could also play as the Quarren Commander from that episode. It's the Quarren, Simon. Squiddy boys! Thank, thank, thank you. Okay, this one, this one is about the second best Star Wars film. Um, Attack of the Clones. Three creatures are released in the arena on, is it Geonosis? Uh, Geonosis. To, to execute Obi-Wan. Geonosis. To execute Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme. Uh, what species are each of these creatures? Uh, they are the Reek the Acklay and the Nexu. That is correct. And Steel, I'm really worried that you knew that. <laughs> oh, God. I would have gotten zero of those. So I, when I was a kid, I, um, when I was a boy, uh, <laughs> I wrote, when one, one year I wrote a Christmas list and I wrote that my, that my brother wanted the Acklay figure. And I'm pretty sure I wanted it. <laughs> but it was amazing. It had... Um, it had uh, little snappy claws, little snappy mouth, and you could open the uh, the chest, and then like it had little mm. rubber guts that came out. It was fantastic. There was also a toy of a uh, torn torn where you could open it, take the rubber guts out, and put uh, Luke inside it. It was amazing. That's great. You could make a little torn torn sleeping bag. Nice. Uh, what was the species Rose and Finn rode as they escaped Canto Bite? Oh, the the, the zebra boys, Zeb, boys, Zebby boys, Zebarelli boys. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a different, a different thing. thing. That's a different thing. Uh, they're called fall follies. Yeah, F A T H I E R. So yeah, fotl fotliel fotliel Um, yes, fotliels. So, that's the one. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Uh, Why everyone hates the the horse bit, and I loved that. It felt like really cheesy classic Star Wars, like mm -hmm. just them stealing a silly old horse and doing a little silly <laughs> old escape. Just a silly old boy. Just a silly old, just a silly old boy with big old silly ears. 
I love stars. <laughs> what is the name of the species the crew of the ghost discover can travel through hyperspace? The Purgle. Yes, well done, Vaughn. Squiddy whaley boys. Space whales. Space whale squiddy boys. I love the Purgle. A lot of people hate on the Purgle, but I love them. I liked I liked the one episode they were in, but then when the they one. were they were brought back later on in the show out of nowhere. Way. We're gonna do a deep dive into Rebels one day, and I'm gonna just talk about how much I fucking love it because it's fantastic. Ooh. Anyway, Simon next. Okay, yeah, good call. <laughs> we're 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 halfway through now. Um, in, yeah, thank God. Uh, in season one, <laughs> episode six of the Mandalorian, titled "Prisoner," what species didn't did? Din Jarin discover is fireproof. Oh, it, is that the spidery boy? Uh, no, it's the the it's Mr. Krabs. It's the guy played by Mr. Krabs. The Kurgan, the the prison god from Shawshank Redemption. Clancy Brown, the voice of Savage Press. <laughs> Big tall boy. It's Deveronian. It's Deveronian. <laughs> it is Deveronian. Well done. Well done, Steel. Yeah, big red horny boy. Oh. No? Uh-uh. No? He's big, strong, rips the... Th- Never mind. Big, strong, mm. horny oh, red boy. I, like I, I was going to say, Von, Von's now interested. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. You might have heard of Revenge of the Sith, and you also might have heard of George Lucas. In Revenge of the Sith, George Lucas cameoed as ch- Chairman... Uh, Papanoida? Is that how yep. That's uh, it. What, what species is this character? He is uh, Pantoran. He is. Well oh, done. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because there's a whole episode oh, of Clone yeah. Wars where it's just, there's an episode of Clone Wars where George Lucas's character just fucks up everyone. <laughs> <laughs> just like goes into a place and guns down a bunch of people to save his daughter. I didn't realize that was George yeah. Lucas's character. It's the George oh. Lucas it's the George Lucas self-insert episode. Wow, I learned something today. Thanks, Daniel and Simon. Wow. And Steele, who said <laughs> the words. Thank uh, you. Thanks, Steele. Yes. Um, <laughs> what is the species of the scavenger who Ray rescues BB-8 from in Force Awakens? Oh, oh no, that one. I don't know that one. I know the oh. creature that it was riding is called a lugger beast. I've got the I've got the Lego figure of him. Uh and the guy is called Tito, but I don't know what species he is. So answer Tito. Note the name of the character is also Tito. Whoa! Oh, look at that. Look at that. I did it. If I'd have written <laughs> that down, I would have got it right. Yeah. Yes. Right, okay. Only a few more to go and then we get to go home. Uh, <laughs> what is the name of the species introduced in The Force Awakens of which Elo Atsby and Se'ai Thrinali are notable examples? Again, apologies to everyone out there who loves Star Wars and can say these words <laughs> if I can't. The best part of this podcast is you pronouncing Star Wars names, so... <laughs> Don't apologize. Also, I have no idea who those people are, so I do not know. Unless they're the pilot, the new pilot race they had. Um, I cannot remember. I cannot remember what they're called, though. So the answer I've got here is 
Abednego. 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 Yeah, I think that's the that's the one of them is a pilot in the in the final battle. I they they were an alien race that we were introduced for Force Awakens, and they were in they've been in stuff ever since. They're a cool race, but I really wish they put more classic uh, aliens in Force Awakens. Um, uh, yep, having a look at when I Google Elo um, Atzo, he does indeed seem to be a pilot. So half a point there for you, Steel. Um, you. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, what is the name of the species we meet in Star Wars Resistance Season 1, Episode 7, which is a close and much larger cousin of the Kowakian monkey lizard? I didn't know this was a thing. Um, I didn't either. I don't watch Resistance, and Daniel knows this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to get that one. Okay, well, obviously, it's the Kowakian ape lizard. Perfect. Um, oh, brilliant. Just, that is, what a Pokemon evolution. That is. <laughs> <laughs> they rhyme. Okay. Bonus question outside the quiz. Which Pokemon would you like to see in the Star Wars universe? <gasps> oh my god. Oh, that's a good question. Um I think Togepi would actually like fit yeah. Star Wars really well. As a youngling? As a youngling, yeah. Or like a Babu Frick. Mm. Yeah, you know. I was going to say I could imagine Jigglypuff doing a performance. Oh, oh God. Yeah, and it'd be like CGI and they'd put it like in one of the original movies where it doesn't yes. belong. <laughs> and it'd just look at the camera and then its mouth would just take up 70% of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> if Mace Windu had a Pokemon, it would be Pikachu, but like angry, angsty Pikachu from early Pokemon, you know what I mean? Mace Windu's the kind of person that would evolve Pikachu the second he found the oh, right yeah, stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, it would be Raichu, wouldn't it? It so would be Raichu. He'd he'd find the stone and he'd be like, I don't like this cutesy thing. That's and fair. then evolve <laughs> it to Raichu. Or he'd have like... And like... then he'd tattoo bad motherfucker on it. <laughs> Depressed Charizard. <laughs> Mewtwo, oh, Mewtwo would be a uh, a really old, wise Jedi. Or like a Sith, or like yeah. a Sith Lord I think character. A Sith, yeah. Mm. Well, he's not evil. He's just misunderstood. So Sanakin, if uh, you look past the, the murder, the child murder. <laughs> oh no! I think George Lucas would be Metapod. I think. <laughs> he just uses Harden. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not, we're not talking about Ahsoka, please. <laughs> no, I was going to say when we see Teenage Ahsoka. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, ne- next one, let's move on from Kawaiian ape lizards and let's move on to what species is the owner of Doc Onodas, a den of iniquities, which can be found in Galaxy's Edge. Uh, oh. Deal? Oh, um, my brain's like, my brain thinks he's a Mon Calamari, but I don't think that's right because there's another, there's another character that's a Mon Calamari. I I cannot remember. No, I cannot remember. I can give you a clue if you wish. Go on. Uh, if you, it be, uh, so it begins with I, and then the next two letters are T and H. Oh, Ithorian. Yes. Of course he is. No, I have seen that. I have seen that. Uh, and a question within, the, a, qu- a quiz within the quiz. What is the second best Star Wars film? Attack of the Clones. Great. That's what we're moving that's what we're moving on to next. Wait, segue. <laughs> also, segue. fun fact about the Athorians, just to completely derail the pacing. Uh, <laughs> they have uh, they have four throats, and in Genji Tartarovsky's Clone Wars, oh. one of them just screeches at Grievous. 
just roars at Grievous and makes him like fly away because the roar is so powerful. Roar. Four throats, you say? For goodness sake. Simon, Simon, please save this. Attack the clones. No, because I'll just make it think about Obi-Wan again oh. with the yeah. mullet. Attack of the clones. <laughs> Horneus Maxius is played. No, it's not played by Paul. Um, <laughs> That's uh, a joke. That's a joke name, sir. Like Silius Sodus. <laughs> I was gonna say that sounds like a joke name, and then the one I'm about to read is apparently real. So Elan Sleeves Bagano. Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> <laughs> the cell be one death sticks. What species is this character? I don't know what species he is, um, but his name is Elan Sleeves Bagano. <laughs> <laughs> I like the subtlety in which the prequels were written. I think I think my my like uh, my nickname on multiple people's uh, Facebook messenger is Sleazebagano. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Um, we are that that was question fourteen, and the answer to that was uh, Balosar. Oh, Bulbasaur. Uh, Bulbasaur. Ba- <laughs> yeah, let's go with Bulbasaur. That, that's a that's a more interesting answer. So. Uh, Balosar was apparently the real answer but the next question which is question 15 this one is for all the marbles are we, are we ready guys I was born ready you were... name, name 10 species seen at the cantina in Ooh. A New Hope um, Ithorian um, Aqualish Oh, what are the bat creatures called? Do humans count? Humans, sure. <laughs> um, Deveronians. Yeah, Deveronian, Assyrian. Uh, yep, got those uh, Oh, what are the... Lucky. Yes, well done. Bob. Lucky, very good. Um, uh, Biff. Uh, yes, Biff. Yeah, um... <laughs> Ooh, struggle. This is where I, it's revealed that I'm actually a fake fan. Um, yeah, right here. <laughs> the werewolf guys, which are, there's one in the Clone Wars, but I can't remember what they're called. Um, are they liking something? Probably, aren't they? Probably. Steals like Vulcan. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's the other one. Um, Elf. <laughs> Nazgul. <laughs> Um, I think it might be more fun if I actually hand this over to you guys who actually know how to pronounce these things. So I'm actually going to post this in the chat and um, I'm going to get, if if we can't get any more than what we've got so far, I'm going to send this in and um, Steele, you can can read all of them out and you can see which ones immediately spring to mind. Okay, so that's it in the chat if you want to have a look. Oh, oh. We were we were going on WhatsApp. Oh, in in the chat on. I mean, I can put into oh, WhatsApp if you want, but we have of a course ch- Rodian. And oh ch- yeah, uh, Chadrafan. I think that's the uh, that's the uh, bat people. Jawas. So, Jawa. so, of my, course, my Jawas. third wife was a Jawa. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> my fourth and fifth wives were clones of Jawas. Avuri. <laughs> See, I, oh, Tals, that's the name of, of course it is. That's the name of the one, the little guy with the little, he goes, he's got four eyes. He's brilliant. <laughs> that's my accurate. Uh... 
Ah, oh, I cannot remember. Oh, Duros, of course, Duros. That's the uh, the blue guys, like Cad Bane. I think that's Oop. as many as I can remember off the top of my head what they are. Sauron. I am a fake fan. Oh, it's very disappointing. Truly. Truly. Well, <clears throat> for our audience, do you want to read them out in alphabetical order as as um, as put there by Daniel? Sure. Uh, we've got uh, Abyssin, Advos, or Advose, Anzat. Oh, I know Anzat. Anzat are the ones with the weird um, face tentacles that suck your brains out and they call it soup. That's some, uh, that's some uh, comic shit for you there. Uh, Arcona, Aqualish, Bim, Biff. They're the ones that go. Thank you, Simon. Uh, Britsit, uh, Chadrafan, Defel, Deveronian, Duros, Given, Gotel, uh, Chumnith. What was that? Chum- Chumnith. <laughs> you really have to put the in it. Uh, human, Ithorian, Jawa, Lamproid, Latrillian, Mazirian, Nimbanel. <laughs> Pacific, Kirash, Ranat, Rodian, Sakian, Sarkin, Sarin. These aren't the real names. I'm just saying things that are coming <laughs> to my head. No, they are. Uh, Shistavanin. There we go. Sinatine, Snivian, Stennis, Stennis Shifter, Tals, Vuvrian, Wookie, and Yamri. If there's someone listening that knows all of those and how to pronounce them, then I'm sorry. I feel like Simon right now, except less tired. <laughs> less, less tired. And um, yeah, you're, you're physically and emotionally closer to Vaughn as well. Um, sh- shall we, shall we finish this episode just with a, a, a quick move back to what this was about? And that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. So what are you expecting from this series? I know you guys have watched the first two episodes and I haven't, but have you got kind of expectations either from a story point of view or from just a character point of view that you're kind of hoping to get out of this? I know Ewan has said that he'd like to return to the character um, again, I think. So it's obviously something that he's he's interested in doing. But it, it, do you guys have a particular interest in like seeing a particular side of the character or is it just... Are you just wanting to be back in this world and back with this character and you're kind of happy to see where it goes? I want nothing more than Obi-Wan's just pain. I I want to watch him transform from the Obi-Wan of the prequels and Clone Wars into Alec Guinness Obi-Wan. Um, and uh, I I want I want to see the the fact that his best friend just abandoned him in the most painful way that Obi-Wan could imagine. And then Obi-Wan had to, in his eyes, murder him. Like, I I want to see how much that hurts and how much he loves Luke, but can't tell Luke that he loves him and how that eats at him. I want, I I don't, I don't want a, a high energy adventure arc in any of this i really just want there to be a a character development series around obi-wan where we see the ravages of the war and we see the the 
emotional turmoil that he has to go through. I think that would be way more valuable and something that I want even more than Obi-Wan back in action. You know what I mean? I, I want to see him age and reckon with the things that he had to do or felt he had to do in his youth um, and having lost his best friend and his brother and someone whom he loves, two people that he loves, um, he lost Padme too. And I, that's, that's what I, that's what I want most out of um, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Um, and also I want to see his sexy, sexy face. Just penetration. <laughs> Just, just lots of like I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> like Disney, grow up. <laughs> We've invested a lot of time in this character, and we want to see him fuck. <laughs> I that that is a question. Do we think Obi Wan can Obi fucks? I mean, I mean I, yeah, we do. <laughs> yes, we do, Simon. What? What else are you gonna do when there's nothing but sand? You know. And also in your youth, when you're trapped on Mandalore with, or well, you're trapped with Satine. Like, what what else did they do? That's why they chose Anakin for the Padme mission because they chose Obi Wan for the Satine mission years before, and they were like, "Oh, it worked out last time. Let's fucking let's do it again. See what yeah. happens." Yeah, that's what happens. And Obi Wan fucked. Obi Wan definitely fucked. Um, seriously though. <laughs> Um, I would like to see a similar thing. I want to see, I want to see Obi-Wan dealing with his pain. I want him to see, I want him to be in a, in a hopeless place at the start, yeah. which I'm not going to, I'm going to pretend like I've not seen it. Um, the first two episodes, um, I want him to be in a hopeless place at the start and I want him to find his purpose again because he's living with. He's living with the trauma of everything that just happened. He, he lost everything that was important to him and everyone that was important to him. And I want to see the effects of that, the pain of that. And I also want him to find his strength because when, when we see him as Alec Guinness, he's already, he's already more composed. He seems like he's dealt with, he seems like he's dealt with the pain and he's capable of looking back on the fond memories um and it, i want to see i want to see that i want to see him find his purpose um i can already say they've done in the in the first two episodes they've they've something that i was worried about they've managed to they've managed to uh avoid without losing the focus of what obi-wan should be doing in this time and i loved that i was really glad that that was where they went um I do want to see, I do want to see Obi-Wan just once. I mean, I imagine we're going to get a rematch, but before that, I do want to see him have his, you are mistaken moment just one more time, maybe holding off against inquisitors and it, him just showing them up. Basically. I do want to see that because Obi-Wan is this incredible, this incredible character with, in, like, and also this incredible warrior and it's a it's a part of him and I'd love to see it just one more time um, but most importantly I, I want to see him I want to see him regain his purpose and I want him to I want him to come to terms with what's happened and 
move forward and show that show that story. That's Which beautiful. It, it seems like they're doing. That's so beautiful. Very excited. Steve. Thank you for that. And Vaughn, thank you for moving away from the microphone while um, Stuart was talking about Obi Wan. I think um, well, we all. There's something that I would add to what Steele said, and it's that Obi Wan has lost everything that he that is important to him, but he's also lost everything that isn't important to him. Like he lost everything. And the, the galaxy is a completely different place from everything that he has known before. So even mm. things that, that weren't integral to his life, he can still and is still mourning for those things. Like mm -hmm. he's having the most intense grief in this moment of losing his best friend, um, the, his, his best friend's lover who was also a very close friend of his he has lost Satine if we're bringing Clone Wars in he's lost the Jedi Order but then he's also lost things like the Republic and Jedi he didn't really like and any sense of normalcy and and reality that he knows while he's being hunted like that's so much trauma to go through and I just I really want to see him reckon with it more than anything else. Thank you. That was that was a really deep answer. Thank you, Vaughn. Um, right. I think we've turned this ship around. Well done us. You know, I knew we'd talk the hoardiness out of us eventually <laughs> and look where we ended up. Well done we've, us. We've pulled ourselves out of the depravity. <laughs> I'm doing it for your benefit. I could go back. I was going to say, I think our audience is probably very upset that I removed the horniness from this conversation. Um, <laughs> if you'd like horny Star Wars, Vaughn is starting a separate note. Um, although, <laughs> you know, maybe one's 21st podcast, <laughs> <laughs> the horny wars will explore. Um, Star nice. well, yeah, we we talk that's actually what our, our group is, is called. Um, Star yeah, Wars, our group chat, um, Revenge of the Simp. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's a good no, one. I'm that is a good one, <laughs> like my father before me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I just don't want to think of puns that's great okay well we'll come up with more uh, horny puns for uh, the next episode um but we should probably finish there because um yeah, yeah we should maybe <laughs> yes okay it's I'm been so a very sorry. long it's been a very long episode but i think it's i think we've done well well done guys you um you really um really pulled this one together i'm really proud of you both we missed one we missed an important quote Oh, oh, okay. Yes. Sorry. We missed I you... another happy landing. Yes. Which we, we can't, we couldn't close without that. It's yeah. so important. Which sums up the end of this podcast. There we go. Perfect. We've, we've landed the plane and half of it is still there. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Fantastic. Um, I don't think there's anything more to say, is there? No, no final words on, on Obi-Wan? I'm going to resist. Just end it, Simon. Just end it. Okay. I can see the struggle. I can yeah, see the struggle in her face right now. Um, Don't worry, we're still <laughs> half a podcast. From Vaughn, from Steele, from a very stern-looking Ewan McGregor, and from Whoa. myself, Simon, thank you very much for listening. 
and we'll have another another episode for you in the near future goodbye thank you guys